Blog Talk Radio. And here it is. Crazy Sports and News. Aspen. Plus. The Sports Docket. New York Sports. MLB. NBA. NHL. It's next. Check it out. Check it. And live from our studios here in Brooklyn, New York, and East Rockway, this is the Sports Docket with Aikman and the Quad, our 10th edition of the program here at 5.30 on a Wednesday night, June 13th. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Docket. And uh, we got the Kurt Angle beat going in the back. Steve, you there? Yeah, what's going on, man? Yeah, keeping good, keeping good. We got uh, two guests coming up. We got a uh, great program coming up, but uh, of course not not so much for the Mets. Uh, Their struggles continue, of course. Yeah, last night the seven eight nine hitters is getting even weirder now. You have uh, the seven eight nine hitters of the Dodgers with the back to back to back. It's gone to the lowest point of the season so far. Yeah. Ang Chi Kuo is flipping the bat against us. So. Yeah, I'm still amazed the Mets are really hang- getting to a low point. Yeah, I'm still amazed the Mets are hanging around there in first place. Uh, you know, um, someone said this earlier. The Mets are floundering, but they're a first place team floundering. They're not a. They're still in first place. That's right. But you know, the lead is getting shorter and shorter now. The Phillies and the Braves are right up our. You know what? Yeah, the Phillies just swept the White Sox this afternoon, eight uh, four. Alan, Alan Rollins, I believe, are two and a half out. Yeah. Um, well, let's welcome in our listeners to the program. Uh, you can call in during the show. We're talking uh, Mets, of course, Yankees baseball. Uh, against the NHL offseason. Of course, NBA Finals, Spurs now one win away. And did you mention we have a couple of guests today? We have a couple of guests. Yes, we do. We have Sherry Frost of NVN.com Talk Mets Baseball. Uh, we'll get into the Rangers and Jets as well with her. She also covers that for MostValuableNetwork.com. You know, it's kind of tough uh, following the Mets, Rangers, and Jets. Uh, you know, uh, that, 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 that's a tough job to cover those three teams. You go through a lot of... Um, I like her. <laughs> that's my team, so... Yeah, so get some sense. Yeah, we'll have her. On. Yeah, uh, only one of her teams I like that she likes, but then uh, we're not going to do it any bias. But uh, yeah, we'll have her on uh, at 5:45 after our 5:40 in the pocket sports update. Yeah, of course. Um, the Yankees continue. Uh, oh, also, I have one more. You can say that, man. We have one more guest, Alex Silverman. Yeah. Um, Blogtalkradio.com/slash/hockeynight. Islanders on, hockey. What? Yeah, Islanders hockey. Yeah, yeah your favorite team. Yeah, sure, my ass. <laughs> I guess we're not being censored though. But uh yeah, the Islanders, uh he covers he, he talks he'll talk Islanders with us of course and he'll um definitely talk NHL with him as well. NHL draft, I don't know too much about it, but the, he'll fill us in on any you know, any um Crosby's in the making. Um Well, as of what I've heard, I'm not too I'm not an expert on this, but I heard this year's draft is pretty weak. Yeah, well I mean after Crosby and uh, Malkin you would expect that. Um well, I mean, I guess the top players are coming from, like, Boston University in Minnesota, right? We usually do. They usually actually come internationally. Oh, internationally. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to talk Islanders with him. Um, that's blogtalkradio.com slash hockey night on Long Island. Uh, Alex Silverman will join us then, um, and we'll talk some hockey uh, with him. Uh, of course, um, uh, by the way the weather is outside, I don't know how it is by you, but the way the weather is outside here, it kind of feels like hockey season. Um well, it was um, 
60s, 70s today. It wasn't really uh. Yeah, but it was it was just nasty outside then. Well, anyway, um, of course the top stories are uh, another uh the top stories on baseball last night. Yeah. Coach Justin Verlander pitching a no hitter. A no hitter, four nothing. The Tigers defeated the Brewers, who were just falling. Uh, of course, I didn't see the game live, but his stuff looked absolutely electric oh, last man. night. Verlander's had an amazing. Team. And he had a couple of defensive uh, gems in the field to help him. Nafi Perez, of course, making that flip double play. Yeah. That. And the uh, Tigers. Adrio Ordonez with the diving catch, saving the no hitter. Yeah, the first Tigers no hitter in. Um, first in uh, twenty some odd years. And since 1987, yeah, the first no hitter since then. I think Jack Morris had the last one. But, um, uh, well, of course, the Mets have never had no hitter. Uh, the Mets, I don't know when they're going <laughs> to. I don't know. The way they're playing right now, I mean, they, they could use a no hitter. Um, but uh, it's amazing because the Mets still. Recently, right? What? I believe Glavin came the close recently, right? Yeah, he, he came pretty close, but uh, the way he's been pitching lately, I don't know. Against the Rockies, I think he had maybe a perfect game going to like the eighth, right? Yeah, Glavin came really close. Uh, the Mets have had a lot of players come close. John Main came close twice earlier this season, and uh, yeah, and so did um, what's his name? Uh, last year. Last year. Uh, Wait, no, two years ago it was Holman. He threw a one hitter. Oh yeah, Holman, Holman uh, against Florida, I believe, a Friday night game against the Marlins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The uh, Florida game. I'm getting worried about the Phillies now. Um, the, the Phillies are red hot. The, the Phillies are at the high water mark for the year. They're four games over, and uh, they're. Creeping right up now, the New York Mets. And now the crosstown rivals, the Yankees, who the Mets going to be playing this weekend. Yes. The Yankees have won seven games Yankees in a row. The they are red hot right now. Right now, in, in the uh, um, in the MLB, um, the, t- the hottest team, the coldest team, are in New York. Uh, the Yankees, of course, the hottest team are now seven straight wins, and those seven straight wins have gotten them back to 500. And of course, last night uh, they beat Arizona once again. Um, and then Webb. Actually, no, it was actually. The- it was the first time he beat Arizona, right? No, it was, beat him again. Bobby Bray hit a three-run home run in yeah, the first yeah. inning. Yeah, Bray hit a three-run home run. Shut up. Yeah, Bray hit a three-run shot. And of course, now um, LeBron James and the Cavs, they're basically all but done. Yeah, just about. I mean, last night with the Cavs, the closest they got. Tough loss last night for the Cavs. No doubt, especially when Tony Parker only scored three points. You expect the Cavs to win that game, but uh, LeBron had 25, his highest thus far. The big three for San Antonio had a combined, I believe, 34 points. That was, of course, Duncan, Parker, and... Um, yeah, and the Cavs wasted a very good game out of Drew Gooden. Uh, he had a great game last night. Uh, Gooden had a good game, solid game. I think he had a double-double, I believe. Yeah. And the Gloskis, he led on rebounds, led on boards. 18 rebounds, 10, yep. 10 offensive rebounds last night for Gloskis. And uh, they still couldn't win. I mean, that shows you how good the uh, Spurs are. How, that's how, how good their defense is last night. Even when Duncan di- didn't uh, play his best... They still managed to win. And of course, as you said, actually, you know, I made a mistake. That was Dolby uh, beat the White Sox today. Yeah. Ron hit a grand slam. Yeah, Rowan hit a grand slam. Joe went five. I made a mistake. Um, Ginobili scored uh, only three. Yeah, Parker, Ginobili had three, and Parker I think had seventeen. That's my bad. Combined had thirty-four. Yeah, so I'm the big three had thirty-four. Yeah, so they basically uh, you have to think of uh, this way as the Cavs. If um, if you hold their big three to thirty-four points and you still lose, you're probably not going to win a game in the series. Yeah. How about how about Brent Barry shooting all those shots from the, behind the perimeter last night? Well, um, I didn't really see much of the game, but I know I, I heard what happened. Yeah, he was just shooting those threes like crazy and hitting them all in. Brent Barry had a surprise performance. Of course, another uh, game going on in Major League Baseball today. Nine points to any of us, but yeah, Giants in Toronto over the Giants, seven to two. Yes, uh, bottom six. I'm sure Russo's really happy about that. <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah. Tim Lincecum started that game. He got lit up today. Yes, that's right. He only lasted three and two-thirds. He gave up seven earns, so he got really lit up today. Uh-huh. Um, did you hear this weird story? Um, we're going to do it really quickly here um, the, because yeah, we have an update in three minutes. Um, the Red Sox, they asked um, the Major League Baseball. Yeah, I heard about Kevin Euclid. Yeah, they, I think that's uh, – why do they do that for? I mean, it makes no sense. Um. Well, I guess um they you know Euclid is hitting over three thirty. Yeah, but it is, well, I mean, also game is not really a big deal to begin with anyway. But no. uh, but David Ortiz, uh, I mean, uh, you you would rather see him than Kevin Euclid. Yeah, true, but that's not really a big deal. Yeah, Ortiz can't play first base for you know what, but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so that's weird. Um, I wonder is uh is Lupinella is he still uh in his in his suspension? Does Lupinel have any hair left? <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, uh, right. the Cubs have had really a tough season. Yeah, we'll be getting an update soon, by the way. Uh, uh, we'll have an update in, uh, in a minute, right? Um, yeah, about, about 5.40. And uh, Ethan, you want to remind these calls if they want to call us? So yeah, phone number and, uh, call us after, well, we're going to have a guest on, but maybe we should take phone calls. The number is one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That's one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. And we'll uh, put you on the air here. Yep. You could be on the air with us, Ace Man and the Quas. All right. Um, our update uh, guy is going to be uh, Ethan Quasman. And who could that be? I don't know. Some weird guy, you know. But, uh, yeah, we'll have a guy in, uh, his name is Quas. Yeah. So uh, we'll be getting to that um, in about five seconds here. Of course, I'm happy because uh, my finals are done for the week. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, well, I still have French. I still have next week of finals. I have French on Friday. Um, I had history uh, today. That was mad easy, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay, we're going to get to the uh, 20 Before update. 2020 Sports Flash. Uh, Craze Sports and News, the sports docket in the pocket update. With Ethan Klossman. I'm Ethan Quasman with the In the Pocket Sports Update. Well, um, this update is brought to you by Hot Pockets. Eat them, stuff them, and get them on the go. We're going to start in Major League Baseball with the uh, two local teams. The Mets, of course, are the coldest team right now in, the, in Major League Baseball. And the Yankees, of course, are the hottest. The Yankees will be going for the eighth straight win tonight. They'll be playing at the stadium. Mike Messina goes against LeVon Hernandez as the Yankees look to win that eighth in a row and get to finally one game over 500 for the season. As for the Mets, they'll be playing at the Dodgers 10 p.m. Eastern time. And the, uh, the starting pitcher tonight for the Mets will be Jorge Sosa going for his seventh win of the year, and he'll be opposed by Brad Penny. And also... Oh, excuse me there. Um, what? The Mets have lost their fourth straight series. They've lost four in a row and look to avoid the sweep tonight against the Dodgers. The Spurs are one game away from winning the NBA Finals, 
Game 4 will be tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. And in the NHL, in the NHL, the Ducks have re-signed Rick Carlisle through 2009. This is Ethan Klossen with your 2020 sports update in the pocket. Now back to Aitman and the Kloss. Hello? Nice music there on the update. I like it. Yeah, well, uh, we're still working on the technician a little bit there. Not bad. Um, do you want me to play uh, some cuts there from uh, Justin Verlander's uh, masterpiece last night? Okay, and I'll get to my other thing here. Would Give you, me a second. I'll we have a guest uh, in three minutes, by the way. Director to get the... Uh, yeah, Steven, did you hear that update well? I don't know if it came in good. No, nah, it was good. It was good. You, you heard it in? It came in good? Yeah, it was good. It was a good update. It was a solid update, you know? All right, all right. Give up the information, you know. It's nice. All right. And we just want to uh, we want to remind all of our listeners that we uh, have a new MySpace page. Yeah, it's pimped. The URL is uh, www.myspace.com slash aceman and the quas. All right, Stephen, get to your uh, little clip here so we can get our guest on in about... Yeah, so I'll get to my clip here. Here all we right. go. Justin Verlander, no hitter. All right, here we go. Detroit Tigers last night. Verlander was... On fire, looking like the young picture that he is. All right, all right here we go. All right, see we got it now. This is uh, basically a lot of highlights from the game, so hear me out. These are some highlights from the beginning of the game. They're going to increasingly get later into the game and get it more exciting. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting game. Another outstanding campaign. Best morning here later in the game. This is top eight. That was a good first hit first, right? Ground ball hit the short. Perez stumbles, has it, flips the There it is. Throughout ninth inning. Uh, High fly ball, right field. Ordonia is backing up. He is there. No hitter. There you go. The Verlander. The first Tigers no hitter since 1984 when Jack Morris. There you have the call. I was saying we have a call now. I'm pretty sure this is uh, Shadow. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is Shadow Foss of NVN.com. Mets, Jets, Rangers, reporter. Okay. Let's see. Hello? Hey, guys. It's Sarah. You're correct. Hello. How are you today? How are you? Good. What's going on? How does it feel to be a uh, Mets, Jets, and Rangers reporter? Oh, pretty good these days. <laughs> well, not, well, not the Mets, uh... No, at least the last week, not the Mets. Uh, they're struggling lately. Uh, what do they have to do to get out of this little slump here? Uh, you know what? I think Paul Leducas to go back to hitting second. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, I was actually uh, talking to Ethan about that too. Um, uh, uh, we, uh, Willie hasn't tried that yet. He's tried Sean Green in the two spot. 
Yeah, it's he's not He's tried uh, easily right. He's tried right a little bit, so um, right. Yeah, right, I could live with, but Loduka was perfect there last year, and I actually hated him in that spot at the beginning of last year. I was like, wow, he's slow. You know, he's, he doesn't run well, but he was the consummate number two hitter, and Reyes was really comfortable dealing with him hitting number two. So I don't know why Willie changed the lineup, but. Yeah, I saw you wrote an article about it uh, that you heard some people calling about it on WFAN. Yeah. And the Leduca number two spot. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with uh, MostValuableNetwork.com and what's, and tell us a little bit about the website? Okay, well, I got involved because my husband can't stand baseball and I needed a reason to watch every game. So. <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I have to write an article. I have to watch the game. I have to watch every game. Yeah. Um, MVN. That's pretty good. Yeah, it, it worked too. Yeah. <laughs> MVN. Um, I started in 2004. They had put an ad on the Mets website looking for writers. Wow. Um, and they have grown leaps and bounds. As a matter of fact, yeah, the, the Mets site, Take the Seven Train, just merged with another bigger website. Um, that's why it's Shea Faithful now. Okay. Um, okay. Pat Andriola, who writes with Kevin Colazzo and myself. Um, that's his website, and they have quite a bit of traffic. And he started write, writing with MBN, so now we we merged and made it Shea Faithful. Wow. Cool. Um, and uh, I, you also write about the uh, Jets and the Rangers. Yeah, I started both those um, those blogs originally. Um, my husband Dan writes the Rangers blog with me. Okay. Um, called yeah. um, Blue Shirts on Broadway, and uh, the Jets. Uh, now we have two other writers, Greg Gutman and T.J. Mims. Um, I've actually been slacking on the on the Jets right now because of, you know. Yes, yeah, the off season. 162 games for the Mets, and then the Rangers were in the playoffs at the same time the baseball season started. So, but TJ and Greg have done a great job. I will. I just want to say to you, I like your taste in teams. <laughs> Thank you. Very I like that because uh, you like all the same teams I do. Yeah, I like a one third of her taste in teams. Uh, that's unfortunate. Well, we're both Mets fans, so that's good. All right. Uh, anyway, um, so. What do you think is like the best feature about your website? Um, I think the way it's grown to cover a multitude of sports. I mean, when it first started, it was baseball. It was strictly baseball, and the, and I had expressed an interest to um, Evan Brunel, who's the owner of MBN.com, that I'd like to write you know, football because I, I I also watch the Giants, so I wanted to do both of those, and and I said I would do hockey, and um, it's just grown from football to hockey. They cover tennis, boxing, um, you name it. I think they even cover horse racing, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) And golf. Um, Golf, too. Yeah, so it appeals to every sport you could think of. That's Um, awesome. uh, Getting back to the Mets for a second, obviously we can spend a whole day uh, talking about how to solve their problems right now. But uh, you think um, the big issue, of course, is uh, Delgado, who has been as streaky as you can get right now. Well, I'm not sure. See, he became a new dad before the season started. I don't know if yeah. you, right? And also, um, um, the wrist problem. Yeah, he had two off-season surgeries on on. I don't know if it was the wrist or something else, but um, I don't know if he's get not getting a lot of sleep, you know, because of the baby or what it is. Because he was really in spring tra- training, he was hitting great, and then he took a week off when his son was born, and he hasn't been the same since. Well, you could say also that Sean Green, uh, he had about won something in spring training, and then he started to really hit as the season started. He and now he uh, seems like he's hitting again when he's come back from his injury. Um, 
he surprised me greatly because I had predicted he'd be gone by May. Oh, yeah, a lot of people did. A lot of experts did, and so did I. I can't say that I didn't. I thought Millage would be here by now, but obviously he's hurt. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about this uh, Carlos Gomez? Do you like him? I he did at first, but uh, you know what? He probably needs more seasoning down in AAA. You know, yeah, I would he, agree with he's that. very overmatched. by the, and he's, uh, he's definitely not a power hitter by any stretch. Uh, no, but uh, you know, I don't think they expected him to. He's a speedster. Yeah. He's supposedly faster than Reyes, which I, I've seen Re- Reyes go from first to third in 10 seconds. Yeah, but you know what? He's still 21, so he still has time to develop the power. Yeah. So it's still, yeah, I think I actually think he might be a twenty thirty home run hitter eventually. I would hope so, but I definitely think he needs to spend more time in the minors right now because he's I'm, completely overmatched from what I'm seeing. I mean, right now uh, when you look in the Mets clubhouse, uh, uh, when they're trailing these games, and now they've lost what eight out of nine. Uh, yeah. Games. I just I don't feel the fire of the pitch. There's no firepower in that, in that in that clubhouse right now. I mean, no, you know, a lot of people have talked about that. There's not the same fire that they had last year. No Pedro. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, Pedro's probably a good part of it, but uh, I don't know what's going on. I mean, Beltron's very unemotional, and he's really not hitting now. And he, he supposedly has a cranky quad again. So I heard someone bring this up uh, saying, you know, the 2007 Mets have to stop being the 2007 Mets and be the 2006 Mets. Yeah, I would agree with that. The team that, uh, that had that surge. I mean, the 2006 Mets never would have lost four straight series. No, and the, the other stupid thing they did in the off season, which I've been complaining about like crazy, is letting Chad Bradford go. Oh, and, that was a big loss. Yeah, and, and Darren, Darren Oliver was great. Oh, no. Well, but you could argue, though, with Chad Bradford, that up until the past week or two, Joe Smith was uh, even better than him doing the same thing. But I, the Mets, would I heard, were trying to sign him, but they didn't want to give him three years like Baltimore did. Uh, well, what do you think of that? I think it would have been well worth it if they did. It would be nice to have Joe Smith and him. I mean, because Heilman's yeah. been sucking wind lately. So. Yeah. Well, Joe Smith has been a pleasant, uh, pleasant, uh, pleasant surprise. <laughs> yes, he has. Yep, absolutely. But, you know, you can't depend on a pleasant surprise. I mean, at least Chad Bradford, no, he was can't. consistent. Yeah, and Motors that's been a disaster since coming. Well, the bullpen game. was um, one of the best in the league until the past two weeks. The ERA is about in the, a near ten in the past two weeks. Yeah, you know that was the other shoe was due to drop anyway. I, I mean, everybody comes back down to earth, and and the problem with the team now, I they're not firing on all cylinders. When they get good pitching, they're not hitting. When they get yeah. good relief pitching, they get bad starting pitching. A little bit like how the Yankees started the year. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, they're still in first place, but I, you know. Well, well the lead is shrinking every day. If the Braves weren't uh, in a funk, too, the uh, the Braves would probably be in first by now. You know, throughout, I'd say the last five or six years, the Mets and the Braves have done the same. Like, they both hit a funk at the same time. They both start winning at the same time. Yeah. You know, with the exception of last year, even if you look at 2005, 2000, well, 2004 was a wreck, but... 2005, like every time they had a chance to gain ground on the Braves, because the Braves were losing, the Mets would lose. It's the Mets were lucky to have that good start in April. Well, because obviously the Mets in 2005, they uh, they were in the wild card race in September, and they had that terrible road trip. Yeah. Well, I think they went about one and nine or two and eight. Yeah, but you know, I, really I was killed their season. Completely satisfied with the 2005 Mets. I mean, I, I've been watching them since I'm a little kid, since 19. 19- well, obviously, uh, the signings of Pedro and Carlos changed the whole face of the franchise. Yeah, and it was meant to do that, and I I think they gave him Pedro a four-year contract, probably knowing that he'd only pitched 
two full seasons. Well, we're going to have to see if uh, he can come back this year. Uh, They're saying that he uh, he's feeling good He and he's throwing a little bit harder, but he, I mean, I I can't believe it until I see it. Yeah. I, I, well, I've heard mid-August for him coming back to the team. I wouldn't expect him back until August, if he comes back at yeah. all. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't expect him. Uh, he's just recently started to throw off the mound. He threw 30 pitches, I believe, last week off the mound. Yeah. yeah. And they're saying he's uh, throwing in the low 90s, but, like, who knows, who knows. Well, the, you know, the, his personality is a great, I guess, And also uh, his presence on the mound is, yeah. is pretty intimidating, and he's uh, great for the clubhouse. He has a lot of fun with the guys when he's not pitching. Yeah, but starting pitching is really not the problem. No, I mean, the starting pitching has been good. I mean, I mean uh, had that awful outing in Detroit, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, but Glavin is Glavin. He'll come back. Yeah, well, he will. I mean, but he, you know what? He's. You know he's a six-inning pitcher at this point, and he's probably going to give up two or three runs. So you just got to. And also, that. speaking of um, pleasant surprises, how about a uh, Jorge Sosa? Yeah, he really came out of nowhere. Amazing, and I, of course I was yelling about that signing too. I was like, "What are they crazy? You know, that's that's nuts. He sucks. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, what are they doing? You know, I think former, former Brave don't do good in the match. You know, that whole thing. And Omar, we trust. That's the slogan. Yeah, well, I figured he'd be a Jose Lima, but uh, last year was awful. He's been the he's been the stopper so far. I mean, he's won the only. I believe he's won the last two Met wins. Yep, and you know what? You got to credit Rick Peterson, who I really didn't believe in because of the whole Zambrano thing. But and you also have to credit him with Oliver Perez as well. Yep, absolutely. Oliver Perez, except for the maybe the past start or two. I mean, even in Detroit, I mean, he wasn't terrible. He gave up a couple of big long balls. So and even the start before. They could have won. Yeah, that, that start against Arizona, right? Right. Yeah, he started with a no-hitter, I believe, in the first four or five innings. And then yeah, I mean, he still up. kept the team in it. He gave up maybe two, three runs. I don't really remember exactly, but they could have won that game. Well, yeah, they had about half of their starting line about that day, though. Yeah, and, and it's it still banged up. It seems as if if they don't score more than three runs, they're not going to win these days. Yeah, of course, uh, Moise Salou is still on the uh, shelf. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be at. Well, he yeah, I hate this to say... He was supposed to be back like a month ago. Eh, I hate to say I told you so, but it made no sense to me to get rid of Cliff Floyd for Moise Salou and hope that he he would be there. Yeah, they were about the same type of player. But Yeah, but if you look at Floyd, Floyd was on the field more. You know? Yeah, really. I mean, uh, Floyd, uh, he was he was barely on the field last year, but he was on the field half the year. And I'm a big believer in team chemistry, and you, you talk about what's go- going on on the team now. Personally, he was a great guy in the clubhouse. No doubt. Now you lost that. So, And he was younger. So, you know, where was the logic in that? I mean, I knew Moises was going to not be here, you know. even though I knew he was going to go down hurt, and I knew we wouldn't see him for a long time. Because that's his, you know, he, everyone says, oh, but he would have Hall of Fame numbers if not if. Well, you know, the Mets have never been lucky that way. So I knew he was going to be hurt. No, it's been a, a when Aldukey pitches like a tale of two starts. I mean, he's good for maybe um, five innings and one inning. He has like one bad inning, and that's uh, hurt the Mets this year. Yeah, well, usually the first inning he's a bit shaky until he gets loose. Yeah, well, yes, um, I went to that game a couple of weeks ago. I was there against uh, the Giants, and he was absolutely dominant after the first inning. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, if the, team, the team can score more than three runs, which was never a problem last year. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, the Mets had a funk last year, I believe, in, uh, against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. It may have been back-to-back series. Yeah, it was like three games here, three games there. It was no big deal, but yeah. this is getting a little... It's getting a little out of hand now. They need to beat the Yankees this weekend. They need two out of three. It's a must. They need yeah. to stop the bleeding. Well, they even need to win tonight. 
But, yeah, and uh, they need to. They can't get swept by the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, because yeah, they were swept by Philadelphia. They, you know, Detroit. They lost two out of three. It's just well, the Philly sweep hurt because we had two of those games in the bag. Yep. The bullpen blew those games. And amazingly, they score seven runs and still lose the game. <laughs> you know. All right, uh, quickly, I just want to ask you a question about the Jets for a second. Uh, sure. Do you like the uh, Thomas Jones signing? Do you think he's going to be uh, good for the Jets? Yeah, I think he'll be good, but I think he's a one-year solution. You know. Well, actually, I think they signed him for four years. So. Did they? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to have to be. Uh, I mean, uh, I saw him uh, with you know the um, the Bears. The Bears, last year. right? And he uh, he's had a one thousand yard season the past couple of years. Uh, so yeah, the uh, problem with with football is like you don't get to see a lot of these guys. So I didn't get to see a lot of Thomas Jones very often, to be honest with you, last year. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. You know, I was hoping they would get somebody to supplement Liam Washington in the draft. I was hoping they'd get, like, an all-star running back to replace Curtis Martin, which, you know, that's a rare find anyway. But um, he's probably going to retire this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm- Martin, uh, he had just uh, lowered his salary to a minimum, so that tells you he's probably not going to play. Yeah, I you know what? But I'm looking so forward to the Jets this this year. I mean, well, this year was a huge year, a huge building year. Well, everyone said, including myself, that it would be a rebuilding year, and they just blew my mind. And Mangini, I think he's a genius. <laughs> I really do. I and I was all for them hiring him. I thought he would be great. I mean, I didn't expect him to be as good as he was last year. You know, his first year as a coach, but he really impressed me. And what I loved about him was that he called these outrageous plays. You know, he always took a chance. You know, also, uh, the rookie uh, offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, had a lot of help with that, too. Yeah, I really like him. And, you know, there's a big change from Paul Hackett and Herman Edwards that would play the tie. It's weird because um, Paul Hackett was very conservative. Um, and uh, Brian's uh, father, obviously, Marty Schottenheimer, he's very conservative yeah. on offense. Yeah. Now, Brian's very aggressive, so... Well, maybe Brian said, I, I don't want to be like my dad, you know? <laughs> but Paul Hackett used to drive me nuts with those field goals. All they would do is go for field goals. Yeah, and make me punt. and my friends used to chant at the game when Paul Hackett was the offense coordinator. Run, run, pass, punt, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's oh. what I would yell on, on the blog, you know? But And I was at one game, it was about two or three years ago, and it was all field goals. It was like a 9-6 game. And the Jets ended up winning, but it was so boring and tedious. Well, yeah, when you have a Leon Washington and Brad Smith, you could call some of those uh, some of those uh, trick plays. Yeah, and um, and Chad Pennington, of course, uh, he came off the soldier uh, the second uh, shoulder surgery. Yeah, and you know what? Surprised surprising. me too. It shows it shows you how much I know because I figured he was done. Um, you know? I I just want to uh, ask a question. Well, that's the beauty of sports. Oh. Yeah, only oh, ask a question about the uh, the Broadway blue shirt for a second because we have to right. get to our update here in a, in a bit. Um, in terms of uh, the Rangers, um, does Len Sather see uh, see Daniel Briere on his wish list this off season? I see Chris Drury on my wish list. You know what? He just does not like young players. It seems like to me. He, you know, even if he was on his wish list, he'd trade him for a thirty-four-year-old former old star, all star. So yeah. now, uh, last year with the Rangers, I criticized Rennie a lot. Before obviously before the Rangers started really playing well the last month or two of the season, it seems like uh, he would never play the young players. I hate when he's playing these scrubs like Colton Orr, and um, you know Colton Orr, all these fighting guys. And when they have Ryan Callahan, Nigel Dawes down in the minor leagues, I want to see him get some playing time. What do you think about that? Yeah, well I do also, but you need a Colton Orr because you need somebody that's going to stand up for your players. Yes, you need an enforcer. Exactly. 
you, I remember back in the 80s, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but um, <laughs> back in the 80s, the Rangers were so small, they used to call them the Smurfs because there was nobody big on that team that could stand up for anybody. So you need somebody like a Colton or, you know, you know he's not going to be a goal scorer. You know he's not a finesse guy. He's just a yeah, he's loser. an enforcer. Yeah. Well, the enforcer, I mean, I guess maybe part of that is the enforcer role, like kind of getting smaller and smaller every year. Yeah, but you have to admit, though, when he came over from Boston, I, I, was, I was upset at his penalty minutes, but he really hasn't been horrible with taking penalties, and Ryan Holwig has been pretty good with taking penalties. I mean, all the, their tough guys seem to be careful. And it's, plus, you got to understand it's hard with the new rules to know what you can do and what you can't do. Well, uh, definitely, uh, um, excuse me, definitely the Rangers have a lot to look forward for in Sean Avery. Yeah. Oh, I love Sean Avery. That was a great pickup. That was the turning point for them because yeah, I mean, uh, if you asked me in January would they make the playoffs, I would have said no. And I have a friend who's a season ticket holder, and around the time they start selling the playoff tickets, they asked her if she wanted them, she said no. So he was just an incredible pickup. And Well, I remember that time uh, when the Rangers were starting to sell tickets. They were about 10 or 15 points out of the eighth spot in the East. Yeah. Charged I mean, back. It's amazing. I, I think they lost about maybe five out of like twenty-five regular season games in regulation uh, after Avery got traded to the Rangers. They played incredible, and I was very. Of course, the playoffs was very disappointing, but uh, no, they uh, they killed Atlanta, and they played with Buffalo, although they didn't win. That's seven seconds. It was, you know what? It was a great hockey series. It was a great series. Yeah, so it was, you, uh, I would have liked to see it go seven, though. I would have also, but you can't fault how they played. They gave it. In my opinion, they gave it all they course, got. Um, every game except uh, game one was a one-goal game in that series. Right. I mean, I was not upset at how they played at all, and you know, I really enjoyed it. Well, the Rangers were seven seconds away, and they remember that forever. Well, that was their problem. They they could never hold a one-goal lead for more than two seconds. Was, yeah. You know, but but Lundqvist, I think, had the highest uh, goals against average in in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, Lundqvist has been incredible. In fact, I named one of my dogs after him, so <laughs> that's how much I like him. Yeah. Well, Lundqvist, I believe, in the regular season, the second half, he had a GAA under two for the second half, so that's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, he started off the season the way he en- ended it last year, so I was a little nervous about that, but um, he has been phenomenal. He and he seems to lose focus to me in like the, the second and third periods, or like when when. They would give back a goal, and he seemed to get that under control. He also- well, that was the issue in the middle of the season for the Rangers. Against They, they had about a string of a week or two when they blew three or four straight 2 nothing leads. Yep. And it wasn't all Lundqvist also. It was the defense breaking down as the well. The defense was horrendous the first part of the season. Horrendous. Um, but you have, to, minus. you have to understand, too, that Lundqvist suffers from migraines. And it affects his playing, and he has to be man enough to say to Tom Randy, "Hey, you know, I really can't play today." You know, because when you have a migraine, because I suffer. He's from never going to say that, though. We all know that. Well, I, yeah, but you're going to put your team in jeopardy. I mean, I suffer from them also, and I can't function. You know, um, so I know that he needs to tell the coach he can't play because even the, they have medication for it that can make you functional in, in like the real world, but in the sports world, you really have to be focused. And well, yeah, it'd be ideal for him to do something like that, but uh, in the competitive nature of the game, I don't think he was ever going to do that in an important game. Yeah, but you know what? You want? I think Weeks would have. You know, he of course he's not as good as Hank is, but Weeks is a real team guy. 
you know, personally, I really like him. I mean, as, as a player, he's so-so, but, yeah. you know, I, I thought he's really for the team, and he didn't mind taking the backup role, and I really like that about him. Okay, uh, well, thank you for your also, time. Also, he's kind of, uh, um, oh. Henry Lundquist is understudy. Sorry, Steve. What's that? I'd say it's kind of like Henry Lundquist's understudy, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it worked out, you know, and, and Weeks was fine with it, you know. I don't know how I would be, you know, if that happened to me. You know, backup goalie, like, is like the uh, backup catcher in baseball. You know, it's the toughest job on the team. But, yeah, you know, I mean, they play once every two weeks, you know. So, yeah, I mean, he's a really good guy, I think. Yeah, and um, thanks for joining us today. Uh, oh, thank, thank you for joining you. us. So, uh, Check out her, um, the website, nvn.com, slash mlb-mets, also you Rangers and Jets, and uh, glad that you were able to come on. Thank you. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for your time. Right. No problem. Take care. All right. You too. All right, Stephen. All right, there. We had a big, uh, nice little interview there. Yeah, yeah. All your teams, all your uh, twenty minutes plus there. Yeah, that was a uh, Stephen um, Bowl. You know, it was all your favorite teams there. All my teams. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, so when's the Islander guy coming on? We're probably gonna skip the update here because yeah, we'll, we don't need the update here. Yeah, can we go to? Uh, yeah, well, let's get the update, and then we'll go to it probably at, uh... What, we'll go to the update, uh, at the end of the show. 6.20, yes. Everyone knows what's going on, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and also, the I don't know if this... Oh, uh, I don't know. Actually, I have a short clip that I can do before the Islander guy uh, gets on. Um, let's see if he's on the line right now. I, I don't think he is. All right. So, so, yeah, um, hopefully maybe he'll hold on if it gets a little longer. But, yeah, this is, a. A little clip about the um, the Mets. Um, instead, I, I I was debating whether to do a Mets suicide hotline or this. I thought this would be more touching because the Mets aren't really in suicide control yet because they're well, still in first. first place, you can't be in suicide. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so let's hear. It. All right, we're gonna get to it right now. Um, hold on. Here we go.
and belly to belly. Incoming. What? A weird noises came up on your phone. Like a plane was landing. Yo? Yeah, that's a, it's a nice touch, you know? Yo, did, it, did it come in good? Because I don't know. If... It might have been a little low, but you know you heard it. Because, uh, uh, you know, that's what we're doing now, waiting for the Mets. I would do have a caller on the line. It's a 516 number. Uh, this is um, uh, Alex Silverman of uh, Hockey Night in Long Island. He can join us to talk a little Islanders hockey. Okay. All right, so let's, um, let's bring him in. Big hockey day, sir. Alex Silverman. How are you doing today? We're doing How good. are you doing? We're doing good. Um, of course, we're, uh, we're not the, uh, the greatest Islanders fans, but uh, um, can you tell us a little bit, bit about uh, what your show is about on uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Hockey Night in Long Island? Yeah, I host a show, obviously called Hockey Night on Long Island, but with my uh, good buddy Steve. Uh, once a week, we good name. Uh, <laughs> we talk about everything that's going on with the Islanders. We've had, you know, we get a lot of guests to come on. We've had a lot of Islanders, different different Islanders bloggers. We've had the beat writer for Newsday. Uh, this Saturday, actually, we're having Sean Rourke from NHL.com. He's a senior writer there. He's wow. going to come on and talk to us a little bit about free agency in the draft. So Cool. Yeah, we um, got a nice informative show there. Well, obviously, uh, the big story for the Islanders over the past week was uh, the uh, Lexi Yashin story. And uh, he uh, got uh, bought out from the Islanders. So uh, what do you think about that? And who do you think is going to uh, – do you think they're going to sign Smith and Blake? What do you think is going on there? Well, the Alexei Yashin buyout is something that, as an Islander fan – I've been waiting for for quite some time now. I mean, so have I. It, it, it's about time that this guy's got gets bought out. I mean, yeah. he. I mean, you know, he, he, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. He's the nicest guy in the world. But I mean, on the ice, I mean, he he hasn't been productive in the last couple of years. I mean, he's clearly not the kind of guy that the Islanders want as the captain of this team. Yeah. And with that inflated salary, I mean, I don't. I don't think that there's, there's any other option besides to buy the guy out. I mean, sure, you're going to take a little bit of a salary cap hit, 2.2 mil over the next eight years, but I think it's well worth it. I mean, now you give yourself some cap room to maybe look at signing Ryan Smith this summer, which is what we're all looking to see. So I think the, the action buyout just really gives the Islanders a much better chance of signing Ryan Smith. Uh, we have a phone call right now, um, phone line, uh, area code 631. Um, I guess if you're ha- asking Alan this question, we'll hold you off for about uh, two minutes, and then maybe we'll put this question on the air, okay? All right. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this yet, um, the Islanders, of course, there are two top players, arguably Ryan Smith and Jason Blake, two guys that are free agents right now and two guys the Islanders have to bring back. Uh, well, you know, Ryan Smith is a guy that we all want to see back on around next year. I mean, they gave up virtually three first-round picks at the trade deadline to pick this guy up. And, I mean, he's really the kind of player that you can really build a franchise around. He's got every leadership quality you can name. I mean, he goes to that hard every shift. 
he's really what the Islanders would love to have in a captain. And uh, whatever it takes, the Islanders have to try and do to sign him. Jason Blake, on the other hand, it's a little bit of a different story. I mean, right now you're hearing a lot of stuff that he's definitely not coming back. I mean, he's looking for a five-year contract right now, according to him and his agent. And at the age of 34, that's a gamble that the Islanders might not be willing to take. Do you think Garth Snow will give it to him? Uh, I mean, it's really uh, tough in my mind to really get into the position of Garth Snow. I mean, for, I mean, on one hand, you have Jason Blake, who's a real fan favorite all around. He's been here a long time. Okay. And, you know, he had... 40 goals last year, which is very tough to replace. But, I mean, at the same time, five years for a 34-year-old guy that has had really one breakout season, I think that's a little too much. If I'm Garth Snow, you know, I'll say, you know, if you want to give us a little bit of a hometown discount, uh, give us, you know, three years as opposed to the five, I would try and keep Jason Blake here. But for five years, it's definitely not worth it. You know what, I think... Okay, well, I just wanted to get your opinion. This is really old news, but... uh, the Islanders gave Rick DiPietro a 15-year oh contract last year. Now, what do you think of that? I mean, that sounds pretty ridiculous no matter who it is. I don't care, like, how how much talent you have or how young you are. 15 years is a long time because you never know what's going to happen. Oh, well, I definitely agree with you. When I heard about this signing, I was I was perplexed, to say the least. I mean, it's, it's a little bit bizarre. But, I mean, just to look at it from the uh, the opposite standpoint, maybe, I mean, they have him signed for $4.5 million a year. And as we've seen over the last couple of years, the salary cap keeps rising and rising and rising, and players' contracts keep getting more and more inflated. So, I mean, in 15 years, or maybe even just 10, the Islanders might have an elite goaltender signed at $4.5 million a year, which then could be an absolute bargain. So, I mean, yeah. But uh, you know, he's going to be, what about, uh, how old is he going to be at the end of that contract? 40. Yeah, he's going to be 40 years old, so, you know, it's maybe uh, pushing it just a bit, but, I mean, it could turn out to be a real steal for the Islanders. Well, I guess you need job security. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See if Ted Nolan's still around by then. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, of course, the NHL draft's coming up. Um, I'm not quite too familiar with it. Um, Steve mentioned before that this draft is pretty weak. Would you agree with that? This, this uh, talent this, this time around is a pretty weak uh, group? Yeah, I would agree with that, and... You know, for the Islanders who don't have a first and second round pick this year because, you know, they traded away the first round pick to get Ryan Smith, oh. traded away the second round pick for uh, Zednik. Yeah. I, I mean, it's nice to see that this year they're not missing out on a ton at the top. I mean, from what I'm hearing, there's probably going to be maybe one guy or two guys out of this draft that actually make an NHL roster next season. So, I mean, you have a couple of good guys at the top. you got Patrick Kane as a London Knight in the Ontario Hockey League, and, you know, Kyle Turris. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, there's not really a ton of talent that the Islanders are really missing out on in those top two rounds. Well, obviously, uh, obviously with these drafts, um, you never know who's going to make it, who's not going to make it, you know, who's going to be a surprise, who's going to be a bust. But, uh, all right, so anyway, for the Islanders this off season, obviously besides two uh, all-stars that they uh, have free agents with, um... What position? What position is the weakest on the Islanders? Which position do they need to upgrade them? Upgrade the most. I'm glad you asked that question actually, because I was going to mention it. I mean, the buyout of Alexei Ashin. I mean, sure, it seems like a great move, but I mean, that leaves a huge gaping hole for the Islanders at center. Okay. I mean, there's a couple guys on the market 
that they could maybe try and fill the that Buffalo voice. guys, right? Breer right. and Drury. Um, got, got Danny Breer and Chris Drury. Also Scott Gomez out of New Jersey. But, uh, I mean, for the Islanders to maybe sign one of them and Ryan Smith might be a little bit uh, difficult. On okay, um, we have a uh, call from a 631 number. I guess there's a question for you because you called back twice. Um, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Ethan, it's Alex Kornreich and Danny Kornreich. Yo, man. All right. Um, you guys got a question about the Islanders? Yeah. What's up? All right. They have a question or a shout-out. Shout-out? All right, yeah. uh, you guys can hold on a second. We'll get back to you in a minute. Um, I, I was just... Hang uh, up, I guess... Uh, hang up, bruh. I need you, man. Don't hang up on me. All right, we're getting some weird... Don't hang up. Ethan, Ethan. Yeah? Actually, we do actually have a question. Okay. What do you think about the upcoming Gaga season at Camp Edward Isaacs? I think it's going to be great. It is going to be great, man. Ethan, we got a call. Uh, we got a yeah, I know, guest right. on here. Come I'll get back to him in a sec. All right, anyway. We uh, apologize. We apologize. Sorry about that. Um, you never know what kind of calls you get. I actually know them, but uh, all right. Um, I'll go back to one moment here. No, do you really know them? Yes, I know. <laughs> um who do you think is the hottest free agent right now on the uh, the market for the uh, NHL? Um, I was thinking it was going to be. Um, um, I, I was thinking. Would you say the hottest New York Ranger? The hottest free agent. On the oh, market. free agent. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be Briere, but some people told me otherwise. Oh, and do you know what? Uh, you mentioned at center before some names, but another interesting name could be Michael Nealander from the Rangers. Yeah, you know Michael Nealander is an interesting case. I mean, I mean, he's a uh, guy. That the uh, that I mean, a lot of teams in the league might look at as a you know a really solid uh, second or third line center. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of free agents this year, and I mean, there's going to be a lot of free agents to go around. And I mean, some of these teams in this league are going to look completely different when this off season's over. Well, obviously, yeah, Nylander worked great uh, all those years. Although, actually, not all the last couple of years with the Armyaga. Wait, with Yashin going, you think uh, Mike Sillinger will step up for the Islanders? Uh, well, Mike Sillinger, yeah, I personally think, is one of the most underrated players on the Islanders last season. I he mean, had he's 20-something uh, goals, right? Yeah, he had around 20 goals, maybe exactly, I'm not sure. But uh, not only that, he, I mean, he's just a great leader for this team. I mean, if Ryan Smith doesn't come back, he'd be my first choice for the captain role on this team. He's one of the, you know, one of the best guys in the locker room on this team. I mean, hit the, guy, the Islanders have a lot of guys that fit the, uh, quote, Ted Nolan system. I mean, they got a lot of tough guys who are really just, you know, they have great attitude, and they just, you know, grind it out and hustle on every shift. Yeah, and Mike Sillinger is one of those guys. Um, okay, so uh, the Islanders, uh, their um, farm system, do they have any exciting players or any players like that we should watch for for next year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Islanders' farm system uh, has produced uh, some real quality over the last couple of years. I mean, they had sixth-round pick Bruno Gervais, who now cracked the uh, Islanders roster last year. One of my, actually, my personal favorite player, and he's playing extremely well as of late. Chris Campoli also, I believe he was a seventh-round pick, and now he's on the Islanders roster. I mean, down there coming up, I mean, Jeff Tambellini, son of uh, former Islander Steve Tambellini, he's, you know, a real dynamic player. He's probably going to make the NHL lineup next year, and uh, he's a really exciting guy. Also, another guy, uh, Sean Bergenheim, who the Islanders drafted in 2002 in the first round, 
I mean, they're having a little bit of a problem negotiating a contract with him. Okay. If they can get him to come over from Europe, that would yeah. be a huge addition. All right. Um, well, we want to get to the uh, sports update here, but uh, uh, I think we covered everything. Um, it was definitely great to have it on. And Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, yeah, and good luck to the Islanders next season. Good luck to the Islanders next season. Uh, so I'm a Ranger, uh, you're a double Ethan, and our guest is an Islander. That's good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Diversity, you know. All right. Um, so thanks for joining us and check. And when's your next show going to be on? Our next show is this Saturday, June sixteenth, three p.m. Eastern, and you can check us out at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/HockeyNightOnLongIsland. Okay. And if all right. Thank awesome. you. Thank, thank uh, you. Thanks for joining us. Great. All right. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right. That was uh, Alex Silverman. He covers uh, the Islanders. Um, the Icelanders. The Icelanders. Yes. Summers calls them Steve Summers. Of course, one of the biggest Islander fans there is. Um, uh, he covers them for Hockey Nine Long Island. Uh, those calls before we had before, I know them. I want to call back. Course, it. Um, those New York Islanders, of course, uh, came from about last place uh, two years ago to make the playoffs list. Yeah, we have a phone call, a six four six number. All right, let's hear it. Um, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what's on your mind today? Yeah, what's up? Um, what's up? Yes. This is Charlie. You don't know me, but I listen to your radio show every day. Nice. I know you, though. I'm drunk as hell. I love you. I don't know you either. I love you. I take my hand. And I, you know, I don't want to end the story for you like that, but I love you, Quasi. Nice job, Aaron. You got a question? (laughs) Aaron, what's on your mind today, man? What's up, You have a question? Yeah, who's who? Wait, is this the sports one? Yeah, this is sports. Oh, yeah. the showdown one. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. No problem. Yeah, we got we got some Mets fans over here. We're going to the game right now. Nice. Where? In Los Angeles? Right now. You going to LA? They're going in Los Angeles, I guess. We're in Los Angeles right now, dude. We're in LA. All right, so you got a question for us? What's your question? My question is, who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Oh, it's over by next year. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. All right, see you later, man. Drunk as shit. <laughs> I, just... right, I guess uh, I guess we're getting calls like hot. I think that's what you call a uh, prank call. Yes, yeah. Well, I think someone told him beforehand a prank, but yeah, it's nice to get those calls. I think someone's on crack. Yeah, or something else. Um, but anyway, great to have you call. No in. pun intended. Believe no, me, not, not but I think somebody's on crack. We got, a six, we got about six left in the program. We had, a, we had a very interesting program. Very, yeah, very interesting. I was about to say something like that. Yeah, very interesting program to say the least. We had some nice guests. We had some, uh, we had some, uh, you know, respectful yeah. guests. I'm getting, I'm getting, I am from Gold Machine 15, who just our guest was just on. So the Islanders are going to win the cup. I think Good luck he, to that. They haven't won since, what, like 84? Yeah, haven't won in four years. Well, see if they I mean, haven't, haven't, haven't won since those four straight years, 80 to 84. One dynasty, that was all they had. But, you know, it was a great dynasty, one of the best in NHL history. Yes. No doubt. All right, so let's end the show on a good note here. All right, well, um, we're, we're going to be playing another song. Uh, one sec. Uh, Steven. Be right down. You there, homie? All right, we'll take any prank calls. Any, uh, what? If you got any... Uh, I got to go. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, I have a caller right now on the line. Just, just to cross right now, Steven is hung up. The 718 number. Uh, what prank are you calling about? Cross! Who's this? It's Tommy! Who? It's Tommy! Oh, Tommy, what's up, man? Cross, what's good? I saw you on TV! Oh, uh, which channel? You were, like, on New York 1. You were on TV. Nice. I was like, that's the cross! 
Yeah, that's it. All right, all right, I have a question. All right, all right, I'm, I'm feeling you. All right, all right. Who do you think is going to win tourney time this year? Tourney time this year, all right. Tourney time this year. Uh, this is in Camp Edward Isaacs. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a... Uh, I'm gonna pick the obvious choice. All right. It's gonna be the Quads winning twenty time this year. The Quads are gonna win twenty time. Yeah, year. I'm gonna go perfect twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it. You gotta be like me and Matt. What? Yeah, you gotta be like me and Matt. Yeah, twelve and zero. I I got more athletic, so we'll see. All right, all right, I like it. All right, thanks for all right, thanks for chiming in. All right, peace, Quads. Pe- see you later. All right, so we're getting some um, some Camp Pride calls here, I guess. Uh. Yes. All right. Um, we're gonna close out soon. You know, we'll just close out now. I was, uh, we kept, we only got one sports flash today, but uh, close it back. Uh, all right. All right. I'm gonna play a little clip to end the show. Kind of interesting show today. Uh, we may have a show tomorrow, either at two or eight p.m. I haven't decided yet on, but. Uh, this show, is getting, this show is pretty interesting today. Uh, thanks to all our callers. Thanks to Alex Silverman of Hockey Night Long Island. Um, Blogtoradio.com says Hockey Night Long Island. And thanks to Sherry Frost of MVN.com slash MLB, MLB slash Mets. She also covers the Rangers and the New York Jets for that uh, website. Very good site. Slowly becoming like an ESPN. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's built by just some regular people. And all of a sudden, it's, well, of course, I mean, it's going to be a great program. Uh, yes. So we'll get, we'll get to the end of the... Pro, it's a pretty funny song I'm put on. We're going to end off. Um, I can get it here quickly. Yeah, I got YouTube going. Um, but yeah, I mean, great program today. Hopefully Mets can come out, win tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Yankees looking for their eighth straight win tonight, as I said before. Um, Cap, Spurs going for the sweep tomorrow. So it's... Um, some stuff to look forward to. MA season probably will end. Uh, I think the Cavs will get one game. I think the Cavaliers are going to win one more game. Um, they're home in Cleveland. I think that, uh, last night they came real, really close. Um, and this night and and um, Thursday night, I think they will come out and win the series. All right. If I can find this here. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're gonna end with this song. Um, hopefully we'll be played before we end off here. Uh, I was a little blown away by all our callers today. Um, interesting group of callers today. Uh, interesting program. Right, here we go. End of the song. We end with uh, This Is Why I'm Fat. It's, a, uh, it's actually a song that was uh, written by uh, two guys, K.A. and P. Steen. Uh, they wrote it as a parody of This Is Why I'm Hot. So it's interesting. Uh, here we go. And see you later. And check us out tomorrow um, if we're going to be on. We'll let you know. See you later. Bye-bye.
cause I eat, you ain't cause you don't, I order size of fries, and a large coke, I'm fat cause I eat, you ain't cause you don't, I take a triple cheese, roll a shower down my throat, PC, they don't make my size, I weigh about the same as 11 average guys, I represent food, I got it on my back, and wait they say I lost it, now I'm a genius fat, I lead it when it's dirty, no matter how it tastes, the lady starts to bounce when I'm stepping on my face, I always eat it swift, and never eat it slow, and if I drop some, then watch me and if you need it fast, I'll take you to Mickey D's, Burger King, to Taco Bell, KFC, and Applebee's. I don't look at the chrome, I just see the wheel. I don't gaze at the honeys, I just look at the meal. I don't exercise, they always catch me feeding. The only sport I do is competitive eating. You say you're on a diet, I'm on fire. They ask me how I do it, and simply I reply, this is why I'm bad. This is why I'm bad. Probably tomorrow. Goodbye.